Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Get to Know Jesus. Today I'm going to be reading out of the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 15 through 23, but I'd like to talk a little bit beforehand and just kind of give you a, a summary of what was being talked about beforehand. So, big issue today in the church is everything is done by lip service, or we think that that we glorify God with our outward appearances. Whenever the real heart, or the real problem is in the heart. That's where sin dwells. And if sin is still in the heart, you can look as good as you think you can outside of your body. But if you're still filthy and dead on the inside, you're not going to go to heaven, but you're going to perish in hell. Let me recap you on what's being talked about before the book, before chapter 6 in the book of Romans. Chapter 5, verses 6 through 11, talk about the wonderful grace of God. Talks about how Jesus came and he died for us, even when we were still ungodly and sinners. He still came and died for us. It's rare that somebody would die for a, for a righteous man. And never for just someone who was just good. But he came and died for every per every person who was a sinner. Who was an enemy of God. He came and died for us. And so that's grace. Is getting something that we did not deserve. Therefore it is by the grace of God that we are saved. There's no room for any of us to ever say that we did something to get ourselves to heaven. But it's by that grace. And you see, whenever you live in the grace of God, you're no longer under sin. And we're going to talk about that. But you're now under grace. And if you live in that grace, you should be wanting to, to set yourself apart, to live a holy life, as the Bible says to do. Then in verses 12 through 21, talks about Adam. You see, when Adam in the Garden of Eden, first man, Adam and Eve, first woman Eve, and they were brought in, created by God and brought into the world. They were set in the Garden of Eden, and God said to Adam, You may eat of every tree in the garden except for the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And if you do, you shall surely die. Now that death that he was talking about was the death of, of being separated from God, from God forever. And that's what hell is. It's complete separation from God with no chance of light, no chance of ever of redemption anymore. But it's an everlasting torment and punishment. And that's the that's the wages of sin. So Adam, who is one man. By Adam, sin entered the world when he ate of the fruit. So now, by Adam, since by Adam the sin was entered into the world, now every single one of us that are born, are born into sin. But here's the good news. Just as by one man sin entered the world, so also by one man must sin forever be punished and everlasting life enter the world. And that one man was Jesus. So you see, Adam is a picture of Christ, in a way. By one man centered in the world, by another man must it leave 
So you see, it was necessary that Jesus had to come in the flesh because it was by man that it entered. And so man must be punished. And Jesus, being so wonderful, came and took that punishment for us. Do you believe this? And so now we get into how we are now dead to sin and we're alive to God. You see, when Jesus died on that cross, he took on sin and he put it to death. And so when we receive Jesus Christ by faith, we also die with him on that cross. We crucify our old selves, our old lives, our old way of living, our sinful ways. And we died with him. And just as he died, he also rose into new life. And if we died with him, we also rise with him into new life. So now we, we are to live a new life unto God, being separated unto him, to holiness. You see, yes, it is by grace. And if it is by the faith, if we put our faith in God, that we will be saved. But what is evidence of faith? It's real easy to say that I have faith. Well, Bible tells us in James chapter 2, faith without works is dead. So therefore, if you just have lip service of, I believe, I believe in God, well, so do the, so do the uh, uh, fallen angels. Satan himself believes in God, and he's going to hell. So that tells us that it's not enough to just say, I have faith. You see, if you really do have faith, your works will show it. Therefore, by your works will be the evidence of your faith. The way you're living your life, what kind of fruit are you bearing? What kind of fruit are you bearing unto God? Is it good or bad fruit? Let me put it a little bit more simple. If you say you're a Christian, but you're still living and doing things that you used to do before Christ, if you're still willfully practicing sin, you're not going to go to heaven. You will die and you will perish in hell forever. Why? Because you never really obeyed God. You continued to obey sin. And for anyone who obeys sin becomes a slave to sin. And if you obey sin, you will face the punishment of sin. And that is death. But I tell you, you see, you're supposed to obey God. And if you keep willfully practicing sin, you're not going to heaven, you're going to hell. But if you will set yourself apart, it's what the Bible calls holiness. Be holy for I am holy. The Bible says, and uh, I think it's First Peter. Separate yourselves from the world. Set yourself unto God, not your outward appearance, but your heart. Set it apart unto God. Bear fruit of righteousness, not of sin. You see, that's what it means when it says faith without works is dead. You say you've, you have faith, but you still practice sin. But I tell you, if you have faith and you set yourself apart to God, that's what sanctification means, is to set apart. 
to live a holy life, you must set yourself apart. And if you set yourself apart, you will then begin to produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life, which is found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 18 through, or verse 21 through 23. You will then produce that fruit. And, you see, when you produce that fruit, the fruit of the Spirit of God, People will see that, and that will be the evidence of your faith. It's not by your works that you got to heaven. Those were just uh, those were just evidence of, oh man, this guy really is saved. So how are you living your life? Are you set apart unto God? Or are you still enslaved to sin? Sanctify, sanctify yourselves unto God. So now I will get in. And I just want to read nine verses. Romans chapter 6 verse 15. He says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. So that's a rhetorical question there. And what he's basically saying, Jesus Christ and His grace is not a license to sin. We abuse God's grace when we when we willfully give in to sin. My friends, do not let there be any room for sin. Resist the devil and draw near to God. Do not tempt yourselves. Do not leave any room for sin. No matter how much you want to give in to the lust of the flesh, persevere. Because I tell you, you, you might think that the only way out of that is to give in to sin. But let me tell you else, something else. Whenever you do give in to sin, and if you really have the Spirit of God living in you, you're going to face the, the, the piercing sword of conviction. You'll be grieving the Spirit of God. That's what Paul talks about um, in, in Ephesians. Don't grieve the Spirit of God. So don't give in to any type of sin, but persevere through it. That's why I said the Scripture, draw near to God and resist the devil. But look at how it says it first. It says, draw near to God and resist the devil. So you've got to first draw near to God. You've got to first sanctify yourselves unto God. Oh, I'm sorry, in, in James ch chapter 4, verse 7, it says, it, Therefore submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So you've got to sanctify, your, sanctify yourself unto God. And then you'll be able to have the strength to resist the devil, and then he'll have to flee. So whenever sin comes about, do not give in and abuse the grace of God as if it's a license to sin. No. Submit to God. And resist the devil. Verse 16. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey? Whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? What he's saying there is whatever you, whatever you present yourself to obey, whether it be sin or God, you're making yourselves a slave of that. So if you willfully obey sin, you're a slave to sin. But if you willfully obey God, 
you're a slave to God. I won't get into it, but a lot of people hate that word slave because it's just got wrong meanings, but it's got a wonderful meaning. I'm not going to get into it now. If you'd like to, you can go look that up and let the Lord lead you on that study. But we are to be slaves of God. That is, no questions asked, doing everything He wants us to. No matter the task, that's a slave. I'll leave it at that. So again, verse 16, Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey? Whether of sin leading to death, or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin. So remember, this is a letter written to the church. So he says, though you were slaves of sin. So if I'm talking to people who really are saved, you were once slaves to sin. Yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you, you were delivered. You obeyed from the heart. You see, when the Spirit of God was stirring your heart up, and you see, the Holy Spirit's job is to point us to Jesus. So when He stirred up our hearts to, and pointed us to Jesus and said, Hey, give your life to Jesus. My friends, and, you, and if you obeyed that from the heart, if you changed your heart that day and you gave your life to Jesus and let Him move into your heart, you then went from being slaves of sin and were then delivered by the grace of God and are now slaves to Him. Verse 18, And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. He set us free from sin. So if He set us free from sin, why do we continually go back to sin? It's kind of a contradiction, isn't it? He set us free to sin, or for, I'm sorry, He set us free from sin, so now we should set ourselves unto God, set ourselves apart to God, and away from this world, away from sin, for that's all this world has is sin. Verse 19, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. So just as whenever you were enslaved to sin, this is before Christ, you willfully gave in to the lust of the flesh, and you willfully practiced lawlessness. So now, he says, read it, leading to more lawlessness, comma, so now, now that you're in Christ, present your members, that is your body, your life, as slaves of righteousness for holiness. So now he's saying, set yourselves apart unto God for righteousness, not for lawlessness. So that's why I'm so confused on why there's people who say they're a Christian, but they continue to willfully obey the lust of the flesh. And they don't sanctify themselves unto God, to holiness. I'm going to talk about holiness in just a minute. So let's keep going, because that's my main point that I'd like to get to. 
For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Verse 21, What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. So he's saying, what in your past before Christ, what fruit did you bear that was worthy of anything? It was all pointless. And all that stuff that we used to do before Christ, all those things, the end of those things that we used to practice, the end of it was death. So again, he says it in verse 22, but now, now, meaning there's a change in your life, meaning you've gone from slaves of sin to slaves of God. You've gone from death to life in Jesus Christ. So, but now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end of everlasting life. So now, because you've gone from sin to life, from death to life, from being obedient to sin, now being obedient to God, you have your fruit to holiness. Now you're supposed to be living a life completely unto God, bearing fruit. What is it? The fruit of the Spirit. You see, when we absolutely surrender ourselves to Jesus, and completely set ourselves apart to holiness, making our sla ourselves slaves to God, we will then begin to produce the fruit of the Spirit, which is holiness. Once we set ourselves apart, you see, that's the thing. That's what repentance is. As you set yourself apart, you say, God, forgive me for my sins. I now want to change my ways. Repentance means to change. People leave that out. They say, just ask for forgiveness, and then you're good. Never change. No, I tell you the same thing Jesus said in, in, in John chapter 8 to the woman who was caught in adultery. Come as you are, but go away and sin no more. We must, once we make that willful decision to change our ways and to say, God, I'm tired of living the way I'm living. I want to set myself apart to you. Then you will begin to produce fruit, which is holiness. Now, what is holiness? Holiness is not an outward appearance. A lot of churches, Pentecostal churches, we'll pick on them for a second. They say, you have to wear long dresses and no makeup. And they refer that to holiness as if holiness is an outward appearance. You've even heard it said that bring God your best. So wear your best, dress your best when you come to church because God deserves it as if he's going to be satisfied with the way we dress, as if he's going to be satisfied by our outward appearance. Shame on those fools that teach that false doctrine. Shame on them. I will let God judge them. 
but indeed I will correct those who do some, such a thing with love. And I'm telling you, that's not right. That's not biblical. They even say, like in Catholicism, you got to pray a certain prayer. All these laws and regulations that they put on you. Pray the, pray the rosary so many times. Pray to Mary. Pray to God so many times a day. That's a lie. You see, it's the same thing that, that the Pharisees did, that Jesus called them out for. He said, you white-washed tombs. You look good on the outside, but you're dead on the inside. You see, that's just it. Holiness is not on the outside. We can look as great as we want on the outside, and an outward appearance can really look good to everybody. But you can still be filthy and full of sin and dead on the inside. And you can still go to hell if you have an outward appearance of holiness. That's what Jesus came to condemn. He said, you guys are wrong. You think that it's on the outward appearance when God looks at the heart. Look at David, King David. He, did, he says, I don't look on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And he saw that David had a heart that was after God's own heart, not after his own lust, not after his own flesh or his own sin, but he was after God's heart. And that should be something that everyone can partake in and be glad and rejoice over, is that he doesn't look at the outward appearance. Because if he did look at outward appearance, then we would have a right to say, well, we had something to do with it. But you see, that's not grace then. For it is by the grace of God that we are saved, not by our own works. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. Holiness is a thing of the heart. Have you set your heart apart unto God? Maybe you are saved and you've just been led astray by these false teachers who don't teach biblical scripture, who tell you whatever they think feels good. Or maybe they just tell you whatever they think is right. But my friends, if you're a Christian and you're going to a church that is not teaching the Bible, I will encourage you to leave that church. But first go in prayer and do what God says. But I will encourage you to leave the church and find you a Bible teaching church. For it is very clear in the word of God. And what we are to follow. And that is the word of God. And then once you do find a Bible teaching church. Let your peace be. Let, let, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. I'll say that. If there's peace at where you're at. And that's why I said go in prayer first. But. Whatever your t pastor is teaching, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, line everything up with the Word of God. If what he is saying is not lining up with the Bible, then you need to leave or you need to correct him. That's right, you can correct your pastor. There's nothing wrong with that. He's no better than you. The only difference is he's called to teach God's Word. And if he's not doing that, then he's not doing it right. 
So maybe, maybe again, maybe you have given your life to Christ, but you've been led astray. Set yourself apart to His will. Surrender to His will. Surrender to the Word of God. Maybe you'd like to set your, your heart unto God. Maybe you'd like to give your life to Jesus. I encourage you to put your faith in Jesus Christ right now. Just cry out to Him. Ask Him to forgive you and repent. Change. You become a new creature, creature in Christ. When the Bible talks about being baptized into Christ, you see we die with Him. That is, all of our old ways, our old self dies. And we, become, we come up out of the grave with Christ, a new creation. And so now we are to live our lives set apart unto Him. I encourage you, please, to do this very thing today, right now. For we're not guaranteed a tomorrow. We're not guaranteed five minutes. And my friends, maybe, you've, maybe you are set apart to God. Well, I encourage you to continue to do so. Because your end, the Bible says in verse 22 right there, Romans chapter 6, verse 22, you have your fruit to holiness and the end is everlasting life. I encourage you to keep living a life set apart to God. Your reward is in heaven, my friends. God bless. I hope everyone has a great day.